coming up. So there's somebody out there who did this and they knew what they were doing. They knew what was the consequences were going to be. And so they ran. They ran and they got rid of everything that they could have to tie them from this crime. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. No, I never thought it would take this long. It really makes you lose confidence in fellow man. On December 17th, 2019, 19-year-old Evan Lacey kissed his mother goodbye before leaving for work. It's the last time she saw him alive. And now, two years later, his family is still left waiting for answers. The hardest part, investigators have had no major breaks in the case. We still believe, though, there is somebody out there that knows something. Please give us the justice that our son deserves. Matt Howerton joins us from WFA in Dallas. Matt, can I have you start by telling us a little bit about Evan Lacey prior to what happened in December of 2019? Yeah, sure. I mean, Evan was uh, a graduate of Arlington Seguin High School uh, in 2018. Really good kid. He was well-liked. His family said that he had a ton of friends. Everybody looked up to him. And uh, he was a really great football player. A lot of people um, actually saw him on the football field and, and and revered him. They thought that he was a great teammate, a great leader. We have some really good pictures of him in our story where you know he's with his teammates after a win. Uh, and there's also a picture of him with um, a quarterback on the team after a loss. And it's kind of like a candid photo, and Evan is consoling uh, this quarterback. He played quarterback, too. He was the backup. And he was consoling this uh, quarterback after a loss and kind of being a good teammate and being there for him. And his coach snapped the picture and gave the picture to uh, to his family because they said, hey, this is what being a teammate is all about. So he was really he was really a liked guy, um, not just by friends at you know his high school, but in his community. You know, he had a lot of steady jobs uh, whenever he graduated high school, just trying to kind of find his way in life, uh, his parents told me that he had an offer to play football in the panhandle of Oklahoma, but denied it because he just said, you know, hey, panhandle of Oklahoma is a little bit too much for me if to play, you know, to, to play football. I'd rather just stay home and go to work. So he was a great kid. Uh, it sounded like he had a great heart. Um, just from talking with the family about him and and, you know, genuinely there are some people um, when you first meet a family and you, and you just, I don't know, when you're doing an interview, you just know, you can just, as a, as a reporter, as a journalist, when you're talking to a family, you can just tell when they say their kid was a shining star or a light to the community, you can just feel it. And when you see pictures, you can just feel it. My brother, he was something special. He will for always be something special. And when the community comes to look for this person after they disappear, for days and days, you can tell that they were a good person, a good human on this earth. Let's get into that. On December 17th, 2019, he reported that Evan Lacey left for work and his mom told him she'd see him later, seemingly a normal Tuesday. At what point did that change for this family? Yeah, so uh, Evan worked in Grand Prairie, which I don't know if you know anything about North Texas. That, you know, it's near Arlington. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, 
along I-30, I suppose, it, to explain where that is. Um, and, you know, like I said, Evan was just trying to find uh, his way in life. He was going, you know, hopping between jobs and he left to go to, to work that morning and always kept up with his family. Uh, everything changed when they couldn't, you know, they didn't hear back from Evan that day. And it became slowly, slowly, okay, where's Evan? Where's Evan? We can't, we don't know where he is. We, we haven't heard from him. And so they wasted no time. It wasn't like Evan disappears left and right in his life. This was odd to the family that they weren't hearing back from him at the end of the workday, that he wasn't coming home. And they called Arlington PD immediately. And they said, hey, our son is missing. And we haven't heard from him. We don't know where he is. His friends don't know where he is. And we need to file a missing persons report. So it became clear and obvious, you know, to the family that their son was missing and they could not find him. And it wasn't something that was like, oh, well, you know, Evan is always disappearing. So maybe he'll show up a couple of days down the line, like a cat in the neighborhood. No, this was somebody who came back and was very responsible to his family and and always came home after work. And so they got worried. They got scared. They didn't know where he was. Um, so yeah, he went missing that day. And that was the big question. Where is Evan Lacey? New this morning, a missing persons report out of Arlington. 19-year-old Evan Lacey was last seen leaving his home on December 17th. Lacey has been known to visit Port Arthur from time to time. It's days then after he was first reported missing that Evan Lacey's car is discovered. Tell us about that discovery and any clues it might have offered at the time as to where Evan could have been. Yeah, so that's the thing is that, you know, everybody knew that Evan had left, you know, in his car, um, which was kind of like a little station wagon, like a little black station wagon. It was fairly new and I can't remember the exact model of it, but um, essentially it was found in, in a rough part of Fort Worth. It was found in Southeast Fort Worth. And it was bloodied. It's just a significant amount of uh, blood evidence inside the vehicle. And it was also covered in bleach, um, which is highly irregular. And your red flags start, you know, going up in the air about, okay, this is not good. Um, we have Evan is missing and the car is bloodied. And it looks like someone tried to clean the car from the stains that were inside of it. And again, Evan is not here. Um, so, you know, he goes missing on the 17th that weekend, they find the car still no Evan and they have no idea what's going on, but clearly there was a heightened alert to try and find him. The day started with hope. We're still praying that we find him. I would look over there. As friends and family searched for any sign of Evan Lacey. He has a good heart and that's, you know, why we're here. There were search parties for, you know, days and days and days. People would come together and look for Evan um, and they tried to find him. You know, they tried to wonder, hey, where could he be? Uh, where might he had gone? Um, the father actually said that he was trying to sell his car um, recently to somebody uh, or thought about it and figured, oh, maybe he met up with somebody you know, hey, take a look at the car. Do you think this is, you know, something you'd be interested in? If so, you know, maybe we can make a deal. Um, but then that 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 started to, to slowly kind of like fade away because it just doesn't seem right for Evan, you know, on the way to work in the morning, you know, or that day to say, um, you know, I'm just going to go show my car to somebody and then I'm just going to disappear. Um, so either way, his car's gone. It's found bloodied and covered in, you know, some sort of cleaning product to try and get rid of the stains. And that really gave the family fear. They, they, that's when things really switched. They were like, okay, not only is our son gone, 
but it looks like there is something terrible that has happened and we don't know where he is. So they kept looking and they kept looking and looking and looking. And then eventually his body was found on the 4th of January, which if you think December 17th to the 4th is a few weeks in a wooded area uh, in Arlington. And um, it was not too far from his house. And around 12 noon, uh, this missing person case uh, took a tragic turn for the worse. That that discovery was even more gruesome, and the family was was really shocked. What did they learn at that point about how Evan had been killed? So this is where things get incredibly interesting because, you know, it, you, you start to wonder when, when some, when someone dies and they're, and they're dumped in a wooded area, you start to wonder, okay, this is, that's when the, the mystery really begins because you're trying to figure out where, what happened? Who, who did this to Evan Lacey? What was, what did, what did someone have in their mind? And how did things play back this? They weren't just searching for their kid. You know, they were searching for answers as to how now he died. And I can't imagine being that family when you're searching just to find your child and all of a sudden you find him and he had a gunshot wound to the head, a single gunshot wound to the head, and that was it. So you wonder in those situations, someone got really close to Evan. Someone was able to get Evan within, you know, a comfortable distance and they were able to put a gun to his head and shoot him one time and kill him. And so that's when people start to wonder, who did this? And, and why do they do it? Because whoever it is, they were able to get within a very comfortable distance of Evan and, and shoot him. So the family has a couple of, of speculations as to what happened. They think maybe, just maybe, maybe somebody stopped Evan. They stole his car, they shot him in the head, and they dumped him in this area. Um, but quite frankly, they think that this might have been a crime of passion. This might've been something that maybe they, maybe Evan met up with a friend and the friend possibly didn't like Evan or hadn't had a problem with him or had an, an issue with him and, and decided to, to shoot him and then drop him in a wounded area. I mean, this is something where you can clearly see that this person did the crime just based off of how Evan's body was found in a wooded area. They dumped his body and then they dumped his car in a totally different city. So there's somebody out there who did this and they knew what they were doing. They knew what was the consequences were going to be. And so they ran, they ran and they got rid of everything that they could have to tie them from this crime. Because if they were going to keep the car, you know, they might not have killed Evan in it and it was all bloodied. So somebody might've been in this car with Evan somehow or the other. That's where the question becomes, at least in my mind is, did Evan pick somebody up that he knew? Who was it? And did they get this close to murder him and why? Right, that that why seems to be the biggest outstanding question. Have we heard any other theories from investigators or from the family about why someone might have wanted to do this to kill this 19-year-old? Well, yeah, I mean, investigators are tight-lipped right now. You know, they, They're looking for any sort of information that they can to, to put this put this out there. Um, the family can't really, I mean, that's their best guess is, is that somebody 
was and that's the thing. Oh, as far as I'm as as what they're concerned is that yeah, they they think somebody was close to Evan when this happened, or that maybe this person didn't know him. But the why is yeah, the why is the big question because Evan was this really sweet guy who, like I said, stories after story where we heard yeah, he gave his jacket to a homeless person that he saw who was freezing on the way home from school. There was one day when. Uh, or there's one uh, issue in high school, his parents told me, where he begged them uh, to help a friend out who didn't have a place to stay with his family. And the, and the family took him in. His family took him in. I mean, this doesn't sound like a guy that you're going to shoot in the head. This sounds like a guy that you want in your life as a friend. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I, I can only speculate here, but maybe somebody took advantage of that. And maybe somebody was jealous of what he had, or maybe somebody just didn't like how his life was going. So th- that's the big burning question. And, and, the, and the family, you know, Van and Precious Lacey, super sweet couple, you know, they're sitting there in their, in their home in Arlington talking to me, and they're just surrounded by all these pictures that they have not gotten rid of since Evan's funeral. And, you know, not, there's not one photo where the kid's not smiling, where the kid's not happy. I mean, he has no troublesome background, um, you know, the only thing that would tell me is that he started hanging out with a bit of a younger crowd that was at Arlington Seguin that he knew that was a little bit younger after all of his friends graduated and left for college. Um, and he said, they said some of those kids weren't as, um, polished as maybe his friends were when they graduated with, but that's all speculation. They, they can't, they can't pin anything to that. And, you know, they're sitting there in this house and, and they're just, like I said, they were searching for their kid for, for, I mean, I can't imagine what that's like day after day after day, excruciating, looking for your kid, not wondering where, not knowing where he is. This has been the most difficult three weeks in our family's life. And then you don't know what happened to him. Some people have a crime committed in their family or, you know, to their family. They're, they're victims of crime. And, you know, it's, it's like a roll of the dice that police catch somebody. Uh, and not only are you in agony, but you, you, you have at least closure. That is the offering that our justice system can give is a little bit of closure and letting you know that somebody who did this is going to face their day in court. This family is still searching for an arrest. And, and as we said, you know, that's got to be the worst thing about everything is, is that you're, you've been in this constant state of searching for answers. It's hard to go to work every day and wonder whether or not you're going to get a phone call, provide the information that you're looking for and what, what we've been searching for all this time. Can you talk a little bit more about Van and Precious Lacey's involvement from the start in the search efforts and now as part of the investigation, it sounds like they've really been determined to do everything they possibly can to initially find their son and now to find answers. Yeah, and you can't imagine as a parent how how that weighs on you. And you know, what, one thing that I'll say about them is that they were down to talk. They were like, we will do anything. Keep his name in the press. Please make it. Make, and I, I'm not going to lie. When we put the story out there, it was one of our top stories on our website because people want to know where Evan Lacey, uh, the case is. And yeah, they've been determined as parents. I mean, who wouldn't be? Your kid is killed, you know, shot seemingly execution style, it sounds like, uh, in the head. Someone got close enough to do that. And, and you, want to know why. I mean, this is a burning question inside you. Precious Lacey told me, she said, you know, I wake up and I have this hole in my heart and I cannot relax. I can never relax. And Van 
was telling me, you know, he has this this cross around his neck. And that was one of the first things I noticed about him. He had a cross around his neck. And it was a nice cross. And it was only later in the interview he he, re- he revealed he was like, This is this holds Evan's ashes. And, it, and I keep it close to me and I remember it and I always think about it. And I always come and I'm wearing it and I'm holding it when I'm standing in front of these pictures that were at his funeral in our house that are literally, you walk into their house, it's in the corner of their, of their front living room. They don't forget about Evan Lacey. And he's, he talks to his kid every single day and he you know prays with him and, and just tries to give himself some comfort, but also a reminder that they're not going to stop until they figure this out. And, you know, you're sitting there and you're, you're wondering, we, we all, we all get so interested in these cold case stories where nothing's happened. There's no major breaks in the case. Sometimes families go years without hearing an answer. And most people always see the end result. They always see, oh my gosh, I'm so glad they got justice because the case gets back in the news after maybe an arrest is made down the line and years have gone by. Nobody really ever gets to see a family while they are in this purgatory of not knowing. And I don't know how I would continue my life as far as getting back to normal, doing daily routines. You know, it's, it's got to be one of the worst feelings in the world. One other detail I wanted to ask about I know Evan's father told WFA about a set of grills like that someone would wear on their teeth that was, according to him, found in the vehicle. What can you tell us about that? So that was something that I hadn't heard yet. And um, he told me that, you know, that was something investigators had um, had given him and basically had said, or, you know, the inf- piece of information that they had given him. And essentially, there was a, a single teeth grill that was in the car that didn't belong to Evan that wasn't there before. And it was collected. And from what Evan said, or excuse me, Evan's father said, Van, um, was that police have this, they've pulled DNA off of it, but they can't match it. So they don't have something in a criminal database or, you know, something online where they can look up and, and say, okay, this person their DNA that's already in the system matches with what we have here on this grill. So that is also a very key piece of evidence from what I'm told from the family. We haven't had a time to double check that with investigators, but at this point in time, I believe what they say because they've been close to closer to this investigation than most families that I've spoken with. You mentioned that investigators have been pretty tight-lipped up to this point about this case. Have we heard from them at all about what they think it'll take to get this solved? I think it's I think it's really just placing somebody there with Evan maybe possibly at where the where the car was dropped off. You know, there's been no helpful security footage. They just need somebody to point them any sort of information, any sort of discussion, any any tip to point them to someone that they can start looking at and trying to piece together where they were that day. I think that's possibly what what they are looking for. They haven't specifically told us anything, but you can tell when they ask the public for tips like this, when and when police do this, they need they need a direction. They need some sort of additional direction where they can look to see, all right, this is this is one piece of the puzzle and we're missing the one in the middle that goes to the next. And we need to just find that. And can anybody tell us anybody anything at all about 
people that Evan were hanging out with or hang, was hanging out with or anybody that might be connected to this, anybody who's talked. I mean, it's you killed somebody. It, there's no way that somebody sits on this secret. They must have told somebody and somebody must know something. Matt Howerton with WFAA. Thanks for sharing this story. Of course. And thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Crime. For more on this story, you can head over to WFAA.com. And for more from Vault Studios, you can visit vaultstudios.com or search for Vault Studios in your podcast app. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. Thank you.